Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? All good, my friend. All good. How are you? Uh, no, not bad. No complaints. Um, good. A week, a week out. A week out from race day, huh? Six days, but six days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, they they I think they closed the second set last night with possum. Uh that's where that's from. So, yep. It's it doesn't translate well uh, to audio, but when you're there, especially the that crowd, song. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's yeah. It's it's quite something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. I know your favorite part of the show is when I correct mistakes from the prior week. So we'll get this mm-hmm. one out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said the first fish show I went to with Ed, they started out with Wilson. Mm-hmm. I believe it was ACDC bag. Okay. Started with. Okay. All right. So anyway, now that we've got that out of the way, mm-hmm. uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. August. Um, the I didn't 30th, see you the 30th week. I didn't see you at uh, Obama's birthday party last night. What happened? They took our phones away. I got it. I got it. Okay. Do you, you think that big shot uh, Michael Novogratz was there? No. You know, I. Uh, there were a couple of things which were funny about this in that. Uh, uh, so uh, I've known about Novogratz for 30 years. And I've, our paths have crossed a couple of times, but um, his personality and mine, I think are a little different. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I try and be a little understated Mm -hmm. and I've got a lot to be understated about. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mike likes to be out front leading the charge. Um, But uh, it's, it's funny how if you wait long enough, you get more information. So he, uh, blew up at Fortress and anyway became a Bitcoin billionaire. And he had a party at his house where he invited Miley Cyrus and a number of people. And there's a picture of him in the post that shows him with some kind of Mad Max uniform on. And then he's got like abs mm-hmm. painted on to make him look even more bizarre. And, and you know, it's just, it's amazing how one thing leads to the next because yesterday uh, they did a full page spread on him and his family comparing them to the Kennedys. It's in the New York Post. <laughs> are, are you, can you catch your breath? Sorry, while well, I pick myself up off the floor. I'm um, serious. I, I'm and serious. I, and I apologize to Rose Kennedy or who, or is it Ethel Kennedy who just rolled over <laughs> twice? So, okay. <laughs> so you know, my um, my is is I've regaled my humble beginnings. You know, my father had passed away when I was nineteen; he was forty-six. And then years later, my mother had a companion, uh, uh, boyfriend, whatever, mm-hmm. that uh, was a was a guy who jumped out of a plane on D-Day. He was an Army Ranger mm-hmm. sergeant, and uh, anyway, uh my brother and I uh, love this guy to death. Just one of the all great time, all all time great guys. And um, he hated the Kennedys. And whenever, and, and this was not, not like me. 
this guy didn't have a bad word to say about anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But he would go on and on and on about Joe Kennedy was Joe a crook, Kennedy, yeah, and well, he was an anti-Semite. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's number one. Then Teddy, guilty. murderer, guilty, Man- manslaughter, maybe. Le- and then, yeah. um, legit, you know, there's that book about JFK, um, <clears throat> rapist, uh, uh, yeah, womanizer. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, okay. Uh, so, and anyway, one of our friends, I won't mention him, but when uh, we, the topic of the, uh, the Kennedy comparison came up, mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. our friend who knows mm-hmm. who he is, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll save him an embarrassment, said, mm-hmm. I wonder how much he paid to get that <laughs> thing in the newspaper. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. Um, so um, I, don't, I don't know why I think of this now, but back uh, in 1995, when I started doing the, like the international trading and stuff, that's around the time when long-term capital had gotten going and they were making a lot of money. And a year or two later, I forget which um, – a bunch of American kids had moved over to Moscow and were making a bunch of money trading Russian treasury bills. And, you know, it was kind of what an old timer will call a mugs game because you would go to a Russian bank and borrow money from a Russian bank and buy Russian treasury bills. So the Russian bank would loan you money at a lower rate than you could buy the treasure bills at. And, of course, the loan was collateralized by the market. So you got a bunch of these younger guys moving over there, and they're they're making bank like there's no tomorrow. Like they're making as much money as, as they can. And every dollar they're making, they're buying more computers and more software because they can do bigger trades, right? So, mm-hmm. um so after a while, they've accumulated money, and being young and uh, A-type, they started to uh, sample many of Moscow's treats. Mm. So uh, anyway, a couple of years into this process, I think I've mentioned before, there was a lot of pressure on me to like make more money, be more like mm-hmm. long-term capital. So um, one of the guys uh, who worked for me, who I still maintain contact with i don't think you've met him because he's not a fish aficionado he's more a who guy okay. uh but uh, i think very highly of him uh uh in fact he and uh our fish snowboard fan and i were the ones that started that last hedge fund anyway th- this guy i think the world of so he and i i know who you're talking about go ahead i'm sorry i know who you're talking about go okay. ahead right. yeah Anyway, good, solid guy, right? So he and I hop on a plane to Moscow in in February. You stayed at the I nicest think, hotel, and you. Slept I told you about this, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I slept in my clothes, and mm-hmm. I still was okay. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, one of the things was we had a guy, and I hope I'm not repeating this story, but we had several meetings, and so the way they did this was they hired us a driver to take us from meeting to meeting because there's no way of even half the people live there. Don't know where the things are. Right. So we got this guy who's 
young, good-looking, buff, okay? And he's missing a fucking finger. Jesus. And somehow I came to understand that that was like a rite of passage thing or something like that. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know exactly what, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, you don't want to ask. Mm-mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, we're out with the the local kids, like meeting, you know, doing the doing mm-hmm. the, the meet and greet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would come to a point in the evening where their behavior and my behavior would take divergent paths. Mm-hmm. And Understood. I would go one way, and mm-hmm. they would carry on till dawn. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, uh, they were throwing money around like there's no tomorrow. And and I remember having a conversation with one of them, and I'm like, you know, the guy driving us around's missing a finger. Do you think there's any chance some mobster's gonna pick you up? cut your finger off, send it to your family and say, um, I'll take a million dollars or you'll get his hand next. And they looked at me like I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. Like you're so stupid. Why would they do that to me? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And why do I bring this up? Well, so uh, you may know this, but the house we're living in now. Okay. Which you've been to my house. It's it's a it's mm-hmm. a lovely old house. Mm-hmm. We bought it in 1995 when I was 35 years old, and we bought it from the then Knicks coach Pat Riley. Come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, unfucking believable. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's like it's like I said to Kevin Muir. You know, you've Come checked on, enough. You, you you've checked enough. You've checked enough, right? So this is 95. He was, what, he just finished with the Knicks or something and went well, to Miami? Yeah. So I don't want to put the number on it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's fine. I'm just, no, but, I just want to know timeline. Yeah. But but to tell you what happened, so they were asking a lot for it. And it traded a few times. And it all, the deal always fell through. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So Cheryl and I go to London for the summer to for me to work, right? And... We had seen it before we went, but it was way out of our price range. And um, our broker, who actually, you know, the hooker with the heart of gold, um, said, listen, you never know, right? Yeah. So we we saw it and we loved it, but it was, 40, it was literally 40% more uh-huh. okay. than we could. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're in London and we get a phone call and it's like, do you think you could pay X? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And they're like, okay, it's yours. Cause and Pat signed with Miami. Yeah. And it was a question about who owned the house and, and this and that. And, and I told them I could, I could close mm-hmm. in 30 days, no mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. So anyway, the reason I bring this up is because we moved in the house and I got a couple of different phone calls from people, and they were creepy. It was like, oh, you, you know, that's Pat Riley's house. You got a, you got a nice house there. Like, yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm an architect, you know, and you might need an architect. It just, it was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. really yeah, weird. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It gave oh, me wow. this this real sense of 
being in the public eye for even yeah. a brief period of time, right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. the round trip on this thing is, you know, you want to have uh, Miley Cyrus, right? Uh, I don't know, dude. There's just yeah. There's just something about laying under the radar. Now you got your picture in the New York Post. Oh, but uh, that's what he wants, man. That's his. I mean, the more yeah. he's, yeah. I mean, and nowadays when they can find out everything, and eventually, like you know, it might take a year, it might take two years. Some takes, sometimes it takes a long time, but yeah. eventually, you know, well, things come. Yeah, you find you. You find things out later. What is it? You know, the truth is. What do you say? Truth is time is truth. Uh, I, I this is a quote from my wife who never listens. But truth is the daughter of time. There you go. Speaking of time, uh, I think you were like me. I got a large number of notes and comments on the Charlie D video. Mm -hmm. Yep, which delighted me. Mm -hmm. It really, it really warmed my heart that so many people embrace the uh you know just yep. the yep the ethos and the integrity and and i think that's one of those things that uh i'm not trying to go dark on you but you know i it, it just it's just not like that anymore i you will you will remember me telling you multiple times how when i got into the business it's because i wanted to be in the business and you were going to make a comfortable living. You were going to mm -hmm. be like a doctor or a lawyer and you were going to work hard and, and all that. But in nowadays you got every schmo, not every schmo, but you got a ton of people making a shit ton of money walking around acting like, I really want to say the C word, but I won't, mm -hmm. but uh, acting like a bunch of cunts mm -hmm. and um, oops. And yeah, uh, audience in London, that's no big deal. <laughs> so, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I tend to read a lot, uh, more as I get older. Mm -hmm. Um, but a couple of years ago, Big E turned me onto this book. I think it's called like the $12 million shark or something like that. And it talks about the high end art market. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting thing because uh, it talks about really the scam that all these rich people are getting paid. So there's, you know, this thing, like there's the shark that's in a tank in formaldehyde. And I think Stevie Cohn owns the thing. Okay. Right? This ring? No, at all? no, okay. not at all. But... I should have prepped you for it. I, anyway, you'll have stuff to do yeah, yeah. tonight. Okay. Got it. Got so, it. So there's a shark in a tank in formaldehyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and on. Okay. I think he paid like 12 bucks for it. Amazing. Yep. Yep. And yep. So, but it gets better because it's decaying. Yep. That's number one. Number two, mm -hmm. they got more than one shark. Ah. Uh, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, all mm -hmm, of a sudden, mm -hmm. and, and then, uh, there's another guy, I don't want to mention his name, uh, because I had some relationship with him, but you know, made a bunch of money and of course gets into art because they're all so sophisticated and turns out this guy bought a fake oh. and uh, I don't know where he, where mm -hmm, he left it with mm -hmm. that. But they basically talk about how the 
the high-end art market, they do this thing where they, they, everyone has an interest in quoting it high. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and trying to greater yeah. full theory of the thing. And, and yet it's just like that movie from Wall Street from like mm. 30 years ago mm-hmm. where Daryl Hannah's talking about Gordon Gecko and Gordon, what an eye, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Mm. Well. Um, yeah. Uh. Anyway, I'm in, in the Telluride and the air quality is terrible here. Oh, you got what? You got smoke and they're smoke. Telling, yeah, yeah, you have like the worst in the country right now. <laughs> Congratulations. That'll be if fun. If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have yeah. no luck at all. So, um, yeah, so John and I went out for a, a ride yesterday and it went very well, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm very pleased. But we come back and I'm not feeling great. And yeah. it wasn't. It was funny, and all of a sudden, like I'm trying to have a conversation with Cheryl, just saying hi, and uh, and it's like my I I couldn't talk. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what's gotcha. going on. And then you said, "Hey, maybe we push it to today." And I'm like, "Yeah, thank God." Yeah, 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 yeah. So, How'd you sleep? Poorly. Yeah, really poorly. Are you like guzzling water? Yes, but but as John pointed out, and what I knew, which I had uh-huh. kind of forgotten, was I got to make sure you mix it with electrolytes, otherwise yep. it's yep. just going through you. And it's yeah, 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 yeah. But um, aside from the fact that I've now developed emphysema. Uh, <laughs> Gee, so you've got like smog, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So today's an off day, and it's supposed to clear tomorrow. But uh. Uh, I'm pretty – I. I hate to say this. I'm Don't. pretty excited. Yeah, I would be too. Have you had the pre-race jitters yet? Have you got like your start line no. butterflies now? No, no. Oh man, I used to get them oh, weeks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your plan for the week? Are you going to take it easy? Like 45 minutes, 45 minutes? Just tomorrow to keep loose? Is a, tomorrow is a 90-minute endurance ride. So regular, solid pace. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, we're leaving from here to go to Buena Vista, which is near Leadville. Okay. So we'll do like a half hour, just get the bikes mm-hmm. out, spin the legs. Wednesday is going to be two hour solid ride. Thursday's off. And then Friday I'll do like I did with you. I'll just go ride for 30 yeah. minutes just because okay. I'm anxious. But, uh, but okay. yeah, I, I'm ready. I feel Good. ready. I'm excited about it. And, and the, the past couple of days, I don't know if you've looked on Strava, but um, I've had some good rides mm-hmm. and very, very pleased with, uh, with that. So thank you for asking. That's all that matters. As long as you feel good, you know? Well, I, I've done this. If I can make it to the turnaround in six hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have instructed John and Jason that if at any point I stop and refuse to move there to get out a gun and threaten <laughs> to shoot me. And if they have to shoot me, then they're to drag my dead carcass across the finish line. <laughs> I think they should just leave you because I think that would be more traumatic for you to just like, all right, we're going to leave you because now you're there. All right. You're on your own. Fine. Get your get your way back, MB. You know, find your way back. <laughs> I think well, that might change your mind. You know, I, I, <laughs> you're not calling the, Uber out, okay? See, that's the beauty of the out and back. You might as well go because you got to get back, you right? You got to get back anyway. Might as well ride it out. Yeah, ride it out. Yeah. Oh man. So um, I don't know what else. Uh, 
So Friday we had the payroll number, and it mm-hmm. Friday broke me emotionally. Honestly, where do you want to start? I, well, because uh, <laughs> I know, know it's a multifaceted <laughs> chapter one. I am born, <laughs> or call me Ishmael, right? Right. Where do you want okay. to start? Right. Or it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> All right. Let's start with Friday. <laughs> well, so the job numbers were stronger than expected. Okay. And I do want to give a hat tip to my economist friend because he had told me a few weeks earlier, I think I mentioned that the ADP does a very poor job of predicting the non-farm payroll. And it did a very poor job. Always. Um, what bothered me personally is the fact that the 10-year notes went up seven basis points, which in my day was kind of normal. Gold went down like 40 bucks and silver went down a dollar. And so I've, I've decided uh, at least through next week, I'm just taking my mind off of this stuff Mm -hmm. because uh, um, I've, I don't want to say I've been wrong, but certainly not played out how I thought. And you should you know, revise your timeline. Well, you, you know, if it was just cash, I could do that, but it's options. So now I will applaud myself on the back for doing a splendid job of giving myself a chance to succeed. And, but, you know, if the price of gold and silver to go up, it don't matter how much magic I work in the back month options. It's not going to mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're, for the time being, I'm going to try and play it out. Um, you know, uh, we had talked last week about how I think you're a little bit of a victim of your own experience and how um, I had owned part of a company that made the tire pressure monitor. And then, you know, the... Um, hotel motel success stories two of them actually on long island um i'll tell you the names offline but no but they're they're like in world traveler kind of i magazines. know i know one of them okay all right um four four thousand dollars a night they're getting tonight thanks appreciate that i think there um, was one room left <laughs> um but to add, I, I didn't realize this till later, but uh, I also owned part of a company that invented the technology that's used in noise canceling headphones. <laughs> and and once again, who would have thought there'd is, be a market for them? This is vape. This is verifiable. Okay. Come on. But so so this is what I'm trying to trying to say. You know, it's a weird situation because now somebody comes up with an idea, right? We're going to make this little pill that you mm-hmm. swallow and it'll take pictures. It's like okay, mm-hmm. four billion dollar valuation. Mm-hmm. How about this thing that goes in a car? They sell 12 million cars a year. There's four tires on a car. That's 48 million tires, right? And Matt, no money in that. Um, And and there was also a software company that I invested in with a guy. It was a great guy. And, uh, you know, it was very much an early 
attempt to use three-dimensional modeling for markets and stuff. And, you know, that didn't work either. And, and, and so, you know, I've had a handful of these things, which were not life-changing amounts of money that I lost. Mm-hmm. And now at 61, they wouldn't be life-changing amounts of money had I had they worked. But to especially in the last 18 months or two years, you see all of these things come along and people just show up and it's like, boom. So mm-hmm. you would, would want to talk about Robin Hood a little bit, right? And mm-hmm. um, so as we or I talked about my experiences at the Chicago Board of Trade, right? One of my jobs <clears throat> was to hold the deck of orders. And then depending on the size of the order, did I give it to, you know, Johnny or Sandy or Ricky? Right? Mm-hmm. And nobody would know, really. I mean, I guess if Ricky got a hundred lot, he would know something wasn't right. Or he might know something was going on and maybe he would have been part of it Mm -hmm. hypothetically. Right. Mm -hmm. But what occurred to me once again, after the show is you might call that payment for order flow. Right. Okay. Meaning if I gave the order to Ricky Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Ricky traded it with Charlie on the bid side. Yep. Charlie might be willing to give me 20 bucks. That's because it's right. Mm-hmm. And then, but in that case, the client still would be getting the best price in the market because it was a very tightly closed yep. market. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had that gone on, had I done that, it had been jail. Wow. Okay. Now, what do you have? You have Joe Blow goes on to Robin Hood and says, buy me three of these options. And Robin Hood kicks it over to Citadel mm-hmm. or whoever. And Citadel says, hey, thanks for that. And Robin Hood, here's a couple bucks for the effort. And Mr. Client, here's your shitty fill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the price we gave you. Yeah, we did. We probably didn't go to the market and pull three dealers, right? Right. And, uh, what you did. Yeah, and that's okay. That's legit. It's in the fine so, print. But I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, it, all of a sudden it becomes how do you want to how do you want to spin these things? And um, I I just think that either. Um, the people in charge don't really comprehend the dynamic. Perhaps they do, and they just want to turn a blind eye. Uh, perhaps it's the lobbyists kicking money back to Washington. But um, so, for instance, if I were to do a synthetic trade um, when I was a professional, I would turn to my clerk and, uh, and by the way, clerk is not a pejorative term. It's, it's a professional term. Okay. I just want to make that clear. And, uh, they 
because it, it could have been a man or a woman. Of course. Um, they would call three dealers. Mm-hmm. And I get three prices. And I take the best price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which does remind me of another probably interesting interesting to me, but I guess I got mm-hmm. a captive audience. So when I was 10, my cousin Henry was a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch. And I told you, that's when I got interested. And in, in, Okay. So Merrill Lynch gave a book to every new client called How to Buy Stocks by Lewis Engel. The book is still in print. Got it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm 10. I'm reading this thing. And I don't exactly understand much of it, but at least the the edition I read, he set it up really nicely. He said, there's a company called Rod and Reel, right? Fishing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it talked about if you wanted to buy 10 shares of Rod and Reel, you would give your broker an order to go buy you 10 shares. And then your broker will go down to the floor. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, where can I buy 10 shares of Rod and Reel? The broker would say to the pit, the group of guys, how's real? Meaning, what's the price on mm-hmm, Rod and mm-hmm, Reel? Mm-hmm, Meaning, mm-hmm. what's the bid in the offer on Rod and Reel? Mm-hmm. And at 10 years old, I realized, hey, wait a minute. That makes sense. If you just tell somebody right away you want to buy, yep. they, then they know. Jack the price. Right? Yep. Okay. So Friday or Thursday, I have a, I had a synthetic with um, one of my brokers on. And uh, um, I thought maybe I'd get out before the Friday payroll number. So I said, hey, uh, can you get me a price on my synthetic? And the, the associate says, are you looking for a price to sell? And mm-hmm. I said, uh, actually, I'd just like to know where it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe one day, if you have time, I'll tell you the story about Rod and Reel. Rod and Reel, and, yeah. Um, and uh, fortuitously, uh, I didn't get to take it off till after the number, so I saved myself some money there. But I got the the monkey hammer on the, the mm-hmm. metals. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's... Um, that's all I got to say about that. Goldman Sachs hiking their uh, S&P 500 price target for the year. Unbelievable. I'm, I've, I'm no longer a hater. I think it's great. And it's all, everything's going up. It's fucking awesome. I get, you know, maybe so, we should try this tact. Uh, so make the case for everything's going up, you know, um, because you're, you're, when's the last time there was a 10% correction? Hasn't happened in how long? Oh, right? uh, 300 trading days or something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very streaky with things. Like I get on hot streaks and I go a long way and, and then I get cold like anybody else. And, um, uh, but you know, I, I haven't traded actively this last two years with the metals has been something unusual for me. So I'm not really accustomed to like every day waking up and having your head stuffed down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do remember back at Greenwich where there would be cycles where we would have several weeks. And I got to the point where um, this is funny. Uh, and I'm not the only one who did this. But 
you know, you typically drive to work and park your car in the same spot every day. Absolutely. And when I get in a cold streak, mm-hmm. I try a different spot. Of course. Until um, something started to work, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And as the years went by, the building got fuller and fuller and fuller. And uh, at that point, uh, Paul Jones was in the building and John Merriweather was in the building. And so um, I noticed they would be like those construction cones would be in a certain spot, right? And I've been there a long time and said to one of the guards, I said, what's that? And the guys, and I won't put the accent on it, but he said, that's Paul Jones' spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, not now. And I moved the <laughs> cone. I put my car in there. And um, I remember somebody said something to me. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine the, the, the. Uh, you had a friendly reply. Yeah. You told him, have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> told him where he could go. <laughs> As I've told you, Liam, one of the greatest surprising <laughs> things in my life is that no one has actually slugged me in the mouth. <laughs> Although somebody we know did threaten, somebody did threaten. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. you talk about those options, and you talked about Robin Hood. Can you explain to me what went on on Wednesday? Because when it went up fifty percent, that's entirely driven by options. Yes, I can. Let me let me try and explain it to you, and I think I can keep it in relatively simple terms. Why didn't Why did anyone explain this to me on Tuesday before it happened? Like Ed, Ed's like, oh yeah, it's the the you know it's a standard Gamma. game squeeze. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. How about they tell me Tuesday? You know, happens on Wednesday. Oh, it's, uh, because. It could, happen mo- it could happen Monday too, or Tuesday, right. or Wednesday, or Thursday. It, it just, you, it, it's all shits and giggles if you get the timing right. So here's, and I'm gonna instead of saying I'm gonna make a correction next week, I'm just gonna tell you right now I'm not gonna get this exactly. Right. It's fine. But, That's fine. Okay, I'm gonna for our purposes close enough. So. When they bring, and and by the way, this happened a huge amount at the end of the internet bubble, which is funny that it's happening now. Side note. So they bring these stocks to market in these IPOs, and um, a very large percentage of the stock um, isn't tradable. So um, a lot of the people who, a lot of the people who are awarded stock have a lockup. So they may not sell it for a year. They may not sell it for two years, whatever it is. Okay. So you bring 100% of the stock, but only, let's say, 30% of it can actually trade. Okay, yep, that's, that's number one. Number two, I believe for the first 30 days, you're not allowed to short the stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that now we get into the realm of it's not a company. It's a can of sardines. It could be anything, right? Okay. So now people in, in, in the stock is trading at a certain price. Okay. And that price isn't really reflective so much of calculating in the value of the lockup 
they've just brought this big IPO where they sell the whole company and they always price it such that the stock clears. And so now when you, are you with me so far? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Now when you layer on the options, you've increased the amount of stock people can own and allowing them to leverage. Now, okay, so let me explain uh, how this works exactly. So um, when you buy an option, there's a very good chance the person selling you that option is shorting it to you. And by doing that, he's saying that I think I'm going to make more from the premium I get from you than I'm going to lose by the stock going against me. Mm-hmm. So in a very naive situation, let's say the stock's at 100 and you buy a $150 call from Joe Blow and you pay him $2, right? The guy might say, well, I'm just going to keep that $2 and as long as the stock is below 150. I get to keep the two dollars. At 152, I break even, and at 200, yeah, bummer for me. I lose 48, right? But that's not really how these guys do it. They bring out the math, and they run a, a valuation based on uh, certain assumptions. And let, let's just skip the assumptions for the time being because it's it doesn't change what we're talking about. But the one thing that comes along with the price that they calculate that that option is worth, uh, you get a series of ratios because the professional is not going to sell it at $2 and say, you know, good luck. They're going to say, well, if it goes down, that's good. And if it goes up, it's bad. So I'm going to offset that by against my short call position. I'm going to own a little bit of that stock. Mm-hmm. And the amount at a certain price that you're supposed to own, they would say that's your delta amount. Okay. So once again, just throwing numbers against the wall, if the stock's at 100 and the call is at 150, so for maybe every call option you're short and one option's 100 shares, maybe you want to own 15 shares. Mm-hmm. So they'll sell you the option for two. And that at that moment, they'll go buy yep. 15 shares of the underlying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you with me so far? Yep, got okay. it so far. Yep. So now you don't buy one option. You buy 65,000 of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I sold 65,000 calls. I don't buy two shares. I buy a gazillion shares. Okay. But wait, there's more. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now at that moment in time, when when Liam has bought the call from Morris and Morris has gone in and bought the delta amount of the stock, Morris is what's called delta neutral. Okay. Okay. Delta, the Greek letter, rate of change. And 
that's because it comes from an options equation using calculus. Okay. Now, and this is why I always say I'm bad with math, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I understand it. So the first derivative is the option, is the delta, as you rate mm -hmm. change. The second derivative is the rate of change of the rate of change. That is the gamma. That's the gamma. Okay. Okay. Now, this is where it gets really interesting or really uh, painful, depending on how this works, right? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Now, let's go back to our example, if I can remember. You've bought the 150 call for two. I've sold it to you, and now I own some amount of shares, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that was at that exact moment in time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, news comes out, and it's wildly bullish. And all of a sudden, your stock goes from being at 100 to 150. Mm -hmm. Now, for rough numbers, the delta at the at the money is, let's say, 0.5. So down when it was at 100, I said it was like 0.2. Mm -hmm. Now it's gone to 0.5, which means... I have to take the amount of stock that you own through your options, and I got to buy 0.3 amount of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. In a market where there's only 20 or 30% of the float outstanding. Okay, wow. So it's like a bunch of guys trying to buy something that's slippery in the best of circumstances. and it's happening at an accelerating rate. So wow. that's that's the gamma squeeze. Okay. So why doesn't everybody do that? Because in our example, let's say you pay $2 for those calls. Once again, totally pulling these numbers out of my ass, right? Okay. Well, first of all, the stock's got to go from 100 to 150 before it's, quote, at the money, right? That's number one. Number two, that option that you pay $2 for, you might have two weeks. I mean, who, yep. who and maybe two weeks is the 4th of July or it's Memorial mm -hmm. Day or it's Thanksgiving or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so the likelihood of that coming into play and your two-week period of time is a very unlikely event. Now, there's this, been this new in, in, intervention invention recently called the internet. And on the internet, mm -hmm. uh, groups of people can communicate in forums. Very dangerous. And you're with me now, right? Very so dangerous. When all yeah. these guys yeah. pile in and go, hey, there's a huge short in AMC, yeah. or hey, the floats. I mean, mm -hmm. because, you know, 35, 40 years ago when I started doing this stuff, it, it was esoteric, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yep. But now, you know, it, it's here. This is my 
$65 HP 12C mm-hmm. built in the USA. It does it on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's amazing. Uh, so, you know, it's, I'm sure the guys leading the charge on those things are smart enough. And, wow. I, I, you know, I, I guess is that gambling, big, isn't that, is that, in, that's intended for a hedge, right? It's, it was intended as a hedge. It wasn't intended to buy wildly speculative options. Is that straight up gambling, right? Well, gambling, I, I, this was a final exam question in one of my ag econ classes. Define the difference between investing, speculating, and gambling. Gambling is when you take risk on for the sake of taking risk where you have no additional information. Speculation is when you're making an investment decision that's risky in nature, but you are using um, uh, information that should help. You know, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you study uh, probability. When you roll the dice, okay, the odds are against you because of the payoff. Mm-hmm. When you buy an option, I, I mean, I would claim, I have to think this through before I write any checks my body can't cash. Um, I would claim I could look at a stock, the underlying security, the option, the implied volatility, and I could tell you whether I thought the option price was right or wrong. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I don't think most people can do that. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, that's a full-time job. Understood. Which I don't, yeah. I, don't mm-hmm. uh, I don't plan on doing anymore. But you're doing it with the silver now. Well, I, I did it with the silver and I did it with the gold and, um, I'm not exactly sure. I know for, for damn sure I'm, I'm down a lot on silver. Uh, the gold is a little bit more sketchy because, mm-hmm. uh, I got in, uh, when it was 1200 and it got up to 2000 and I, mm-hmm. I rolled strikes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, net, net, I gotta be down. I don't think it's a ton, but you know, uh, you know, my ego is very fragile. So down in any way, shape, or form is, you know. It's, it's good for you to talk about it here publicly. <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you've got the tough love psychiatrist, and then you got the warm and fuzzy psychiatrist. <laughs> Depending on what mood you're in, that's when you, that's how you decide who you're going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, then turn off the market for the week because, you know, I'm, we're not going to talk to you. The, uh, we got a lot of emails, guys, wishing you luck. Um, well, that's nice. Yeah, so you've got, you know, hundreds of listeners. They're going to be probably live tracking you. Um, yeah, really? if you guys want to – oh, I'm sure. What do you got to do? You get Google Leadville Live Tracker and type in right. Morris Sachs and you'll get right. – uh, Is that right? It, it's not hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to do it, you yeah. can do it. Okay. Yeah, Leadville, Leadville will link you to the live track. I, I tracked you last time, so it, it can't be that hard. Um, you know? So, yeah, live right, track away, right. folks, on Saturday morning. Um, it's a long, long day. So whatever time you guys you guys roll out of bed around 11 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, Morris will be, you know, somewhere 
I don't know what the first pipeline or godforsaken no, climb it's, is. Um, it's St. Kevin's. Kevin's is first. Okay. Um, I heard they graded it and smoothed it out. Is that true? Is that true that they they had a they 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 raised it and uh, and made it completely smooth? They took the lumps out. Is that true? I, I, all, should, all I know is this. Okay. <laughs> I missed it by forty six seconds last time. <laughs> you ready? You ready? They mm-hmm. made it a fucking mile longer. <laughs> <laughs> they made it Dude. a mile longer and 150 feet more climbing. So, at and, the top and, too. <laughs> and by the way, this is this bugs the shit out of me. Okay, it's not the Leadville 100. 104. It's the Leadville 104. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I rode 100 miles in under 12 hours. Nope. No, you didn't. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so if there's not a show next week, so if we're not on the air, <laughs> all right, by Monday, all right, if there's not a show by 9 p.m. East Coast time next Sunday, uh, I will, well, there'll be an emergency broadcast, all right? Um, I'm but really, yeah. <laughs> we want to publicly wish you luck, all right? Because I know you. I'm going to get emails. I've gotten a lot. Um, That's so, nice. yeah, Thank the, you. Guy, the guys are pulling for you. Um, and for 30 weeks, we've been talking about this, so they're probably sick of it. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So this oh, is yeah. so we'll spend yeah. a whole episode next week breaking it down. <laughs> okay, win, win or know, lose. What, what what are we gonna talk about? You know, what are we gonna talk about? Uh, Watch the market uh, fall apart. <laughs> Forget about Leadville. Sub story. <laughs> I was thinking about you know it's like so. Um, I've been away from home for like nine days now, ten days, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was kidding, I think kidding with Cheryl and the girls that um, I have discovered that for the last 20 years, I've been living in an assisted living facility (laughs) because I can't take care of myself. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can bathe myself. I can toilet myself. (laughs) But... Like we got back from the ride and we went downstairs and I got a burrito the size of my head. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a couple hours later I'm hungry again. And what I got in the apartment here What do I do? I got half a loaf of bread, I got a thing of sliced Swiss cheese, and I got two of these ramen noodle things. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I, I could I could show it to you. Yeah, yeah, and, I believe you. And uh, I mean, I'm like, this is pathetic. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. So I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so you got married at what? Thirty six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I'm here with with John, and John got married at forty. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I was 25 when I got married. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so I never really learned how to <laughs> do anything <laughs> around the housewife. <laughs> um, well, got it. I'd like to say I pull my weight. I, I you know, okay. I, I guess it's all well, definitional. You're, you're, lu- you're lucky your wife doesn't listen to the show. 
Okay. Yeah, my wife went to Long Island for two days this week. I didn't know what to do. Like, I came home from work. I just it's an empty house, no daughter, no wife. I kind of you know what I know. I'm supposed to eat. <laughs> Wait, Amy went to Long Island with with Fiona. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck didn't you come out here? I have a job more, so you know wow. I have to put in my wow. eighty-four hour week. They're feeding me now at Goldman Sachs. Did you hear that? They give, they're letting the junior bankers have ice cream and food on the. Uh, I saw that uh, on the patio. It's very yeah, nice. We do have we do have a couple of Goldman Sachs employees that listen. <laughs> um, and and by the way, uh, I haven't gotten any pushback on our criticisms. <laughs> when uh, when I was a young uh, trainee trader um when i was a trainee the banks had subsidized cafeterias it was fucking awesome mm. and then once i got to be a trader for my next two jobs skipped a job and the job after that yeah lunch was free oh yeah yeah so this <laughs> is so good for goldman sachs for putting a fresh spin on it and saying hey you know Apply down at the front office, kids. We have lunch. <laughs> I mean, dear Lord, how much? How much can it be? How 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 much? How much can it be? How many scoops of ice cream are they going to eat? <laughs> how many slices of pizza? Yeah. By the way, you know they have that office at two hundred West Street, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and this is Beautiful. public knowledge. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm not violating a confidence. There's a Shake Shack there. Mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs has a designated line at Shake Shack. Mm. So, you so know, DJ Soul uh, can go down right to the front of the line. You think he was at Novo's party? Uh, you know, if he opened for Miley Cyrus and I was an employee at Goldman Sachs, I would put my I would put my letter in on Monday. If Miley Cyrus headlines your show, you know, if you're, if you're the opening act for Miley Cyrus, you got to wonder what kind of shop you're going into on Monday morning. I still got to bug up my ass about Apple. Why Apple doesn't bring all the It's the not stuff. happening. It's not happening. To Phoenix, you got a place. Don't you have a place for it in Phoenix? The, they could put it right next to the, uh, to the chip manufacturing factory. It's in uh, Chandler, Arizona. See? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think um, according to Cheryl, Phoenix is the fastest, fifth fastest, excuse me, fifth largest city in the United States. And and still nobody's ever heard of it, which is incredible, you know? Yeah, I, actually, I, I've i been to Tempe, which is just outside. They had a it's great in, barbecue. Mexico, beef. right? Mexico? You got to cross the border? <laughs> no. You know that's um, New Mexico. That's New Mexico. That's New Mexico. Tempe. No, Tempe's Arizona. I apologize. Tempe. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so all the barren Jason desert wastelands. Jason and I rode down to the border a couple of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've got a picture of me at the border. There's a barbed wire fence and a and a boundary marker. I've always wanted him to uh, ride with me down to Nogales, which is a border town, to okay. see what it's like. But um, he's always a little reticent to. That should be a that. okay. Then, then maybe you should skip that. <laughs> well, we, we we have. Although I did see he took his son Liam down there. Oh, um, yeah. But well, you're, I, you know, right. Well, he's respond. You know, he can't get, can't get you in trouble. You know, Liam, the little Liam can fend for himself. You, he can't get you in trouble. You can't 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 be calling Cheryl saying we lost Morris near the border. You know, it's not the phone call anyone wants to make. <laughs> 
that they'll recognize me from the podcast and then they'll <laughs> oh, realize yeah. they can hold us. <laughs> Let so, them go. You know, I was thinking on this uh, clicker thing we have. Mm-hmm. So we've got, I know the numbers are different on depending what you look mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. we've on my thing, we've had 25,000 downloads just about. Yep, and on Podbean, it, occur- yep. it occurred to me, you ready for this? If we got paid a penny a download, mm-hmm. we'd have we'd have two hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Could pay that How bill. The e- editor's waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> we could finally pay the producer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit in arrears on that. I after this episode, we might get canceled. So <laughs> oh, we'll be lucky the... to see. The... We'll be lucky to see next week. <laughs> Is this the, uh, yeah, because this is the end of the pilot That's it, right? That's it. Yep, exactly. Um, All kidding aside, though, I got to do one thing. Um, I was asked to do a favor by my firefighter buddy down the city. September 11th coming up. Okay. The the Tunnel to Towers organization, all right? T2T.org. Org. All right, Tunnel to Towers. This is the the father of the kid who ran from Brooklyn down to Wall Street through the battery tunnel in his bunker gear, died in 9-11. The father's walking from DC to World Trade. All right. Nine all right, nine eleven. We're both from New York. We know we know what it means to the two of us, and that's coming up, and people sometimes forget it. And I was asked by my buddy who's a firefighter in the city to plug that. And I don't want to I'm not here to plug stuff, but tunneltotowers.org. They build houses for wounded vets, okay? They pay okay. off mortgages for guys killed in the line of duty. So just, I want to do take two minutes a, from... Do they have a webpage? T2T.org. It's okay, T2T.org. And I'll you, post it. Would you post it on the thing? I will, yep. And like yep. you said, we don't... Um, we're not about plugging stuff. Nope. But um, that's not really... A plug that's just nope. an act of yep. goodwill because I, yep. you know, people forget was, about that stuff a lot every year that it gets away, but you know, it, yeah. it'll be here before you know it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get that in, so let's do that. That's great. That's All right, great. buddy, you've got uh, six days sleep, yeah. eat your carbs, take it easy. Uh, there's it's too late, there's nothing left to do. Um, it, it's in it's in somebody's hands at this point, you know. Um, yeah. it's in your legs, crossed. so I, I wish you be- the. All the best and Thanks, uh, start looking at the watch. You know, you got a hundred and something hours to that belt, belt buckle. Have a great week. Talk All right, buddy. Soon. Good luck. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>